again to another episode of the Horizon Roundtable. I am Bob McDonald, and you can find me on Twitter at Bob McDonald. Matt Dudek will not be joining us today, so but instead joining us is John Parker. Hey, Bob. How you doing? Well, how the hell do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I could be a lot worse, I think. Indeed. Uh... John, of course, you can find on Twitter at JJParker084. And also joining us is our erstwhile Cleveland State uh, writer, Alec Quaid. Alec, thank you for joining us on this festive occasion. No problem. No problem. Great to be here. Alec, of course, you can find on Twitter at Alec underscore Quaid. You can find the podcast, by the way, on Twitter as well at HorizonRT. You can find us on Facebook at Horizon Roundtable. You can – and be sure to subscribe to us wherever podcasts are found. And, of course – you can always visit us on the web at horizonroundtable.com. Wow, it has been quite an it's been quite a quite a week. And it's funny because when you juxtapose this to this time last year. <laughs> and John, you were on with me and me and Kyle Craven last year. Yeah, this is better. This is much better. Uh, this is actually much better specifically for both Alec and myself. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yes, obviously, this time last year, we were, you know, the, the NCAA tournament was canceled. Northern Kentucky didn't get a chance to go to the dance. Nobody got to go to the NIT. No tournaments, no anything. Everything was basically kaput. Fast forward a year later, the, the NIT still exists, but it's only 16 teams, which means, unless I'm incorrect, after the time of we're recording this, Wright State is likely not going to be going um, the CBI is also going to have a truncated 12-person, 12 12-team 12 tournament in Daytona Beach, I guess. Um, and I'm guessing that no Horizon League team is going to be want any part of that either. So the NCAA tournament is it for us. So, but Maybe. we should. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe I, mean, I don't know. Because yeah, I, gonna... I could see cancellations and stuff, or teams not wanting to go to the NIT this year. There are some. Con- Yes, there are, to be fair, yes, if, as, as I say this, there are some contingencies, but but the NCAA tournament is set, and first of all, obviously, we had Alec on the ground at in Indianapolis, so I guess the first question would to me would be to Alec is, now normally this would be a much different atmosphere with actual fans, but what was that, what was the whole setup like for you? There, because we didn't actually go through this. Uh, we didn't mention this when we were live last on Tuesday, last Tuesday. But you know, I never really got your you know assessment of the of of everything, the ins and outs of the tournament, and how it was kind of a it was probably a more unique experience considering you were one of the few people that were actually in the building. Yeah, um, I mean, for me, I've been kind of getting used to the no-fan atmosphere as I've been going at all the Cleveland State home games this season. Uh, so I'm going to freak you out next year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm going to – yeah, it's going to be a whole new ball game next season. But uh, uh, it wasn't too out of the ordinary from what I've seen the, 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 whole, uh, the whole regular season. I mean, it, it was really uh, Cleveland State's bench that was making a majority of the noise uh, that could be heard in the arena. Um Oakland's bench in the finals at least was trying to keep up, but they're just well, they just weren't making enough uh, good plays out there to really keep them keep that energy going on the bench. But I mean, we I was stationed in the uh, 
upper deck uh, with a few other writers, and I mean, it, it was a really, it, it was a good, it was a good time. It was a good uh, atmosphere. Um, I, I, I noticed that quite a few people were complaining about the uh, the uh, the fact that the floor had to be uh, changed from uh, ice hockey to basketball, so that caused a little bit of a slippery uh, um, surface. So I hope if they play games. Uh, that's there. interesting because I did, yeah, I'm not, I did not realize that by the way. I know a couple years ago, that was an issue. I think it was actually Oakland and IUPUI had that same issue. I'm actually very surprised that that even happened, especially on Tuesday when hockey wasn't even playing at all. I yeah. find that weird that that would even be a thing. Maybe on Monday after they replaced it, but I mean... I mean, because I actually had a video of them actually physically pulling the ice up and then putting the putting the floor down. So I'm not really 100 percent as to why there would even be an issue that in that regards this time around. But what the hell do I know? <laughs> yeah, I noticed it a uh, quite a. I noticed it uh, having a little bit of an impact on the second semifinal game, the Oakland Northern Kentucky game. Really. But uh, more so than Cleveland State's game in the first semifinals, and even more so in the championship game, maybe that could just be the, due to the fact that it was the second game played in a row on that court and there were more there was more perspiration just naturally. That's what I'm thinking, too. Uh, I think that's probably what happened. Yeah, I think, I I know, think quite a bit of people right. talking on Twitter about how the uh, the floor has just always been a bit of an issue at that facility. And if they play games there in the NCAAs, which I'm assuming they will because they're going to have to yes, use they will. They're going to have to use every uh, gym they have available to them. Yeah. Uh, so um, I hope that doesn't uh, become an issue uh, when they have the NCAA games there. Yeah. So to be clear, um, the the venues for, as I under, as I remember correctly, the venues for the NCAA tournament, there are going to be two courts at Lucas Oil Stadium for the first two rounds. There is, uh, they're also going to be playing at Historic Hingle Fieldhouse, and I have to say, apparently, I, apparently, we have to disclaimer that by calling it historic. Yay! <laughs> um, the Farmers Arena will be one of the venues, um, but also Assembly Hall in Bloomington is going to be a venue, and Mackey Arena in West Lafayette is going to be one. So. We're not sure exact during selection Sunday that we and I'm sure this will obviously I, I have no doubt this is going to change after we record this, but the venues have not been determined for the who's playing where. Don't ask me why. That's just kind of how it went. Um, so that's yeah, kind of announced yeah. the first four venue yet. I don't believe. I don't think they have. They announced when they're playing it. They haven't announced the actual venue yet. So that's going to be something. Um, so that's kind of the only... Not only is that the kind of mystery, the other mystery that I found out, that I did see, and obviously this will undoubtedly be resolved probably way after we record this, but the times of which everybody's playing. Um Cleveland State, as we know, at this point in time, as of right now, will be playing Friday. They are the number 15 seed. They're playing Houston. We'll tell, we'll talk a little bit more about them later. But they'll be playing on Friday. We don't know when on Friday, but they're definitely going to be playing on Friday. So as of right now, yeah, we don't really know a whole lot about the times and the and the location. So uh, I guess I guess stay tuned to wherever you're playing. So anyway, on to where Cleveland. 
Cleveland State's playing and who Cleveland State is playing, and I was really, really worried. All right, because for all the bracketology, I was really, really hoping that they weren't going to have to play Iowa. <laughs> I did not want them to play Iowa at all for many, many reasons. For the fact that Luca Garza is a beast, and they would have absolutely had no answer for them, but also the fact the announced team, whoever that was, would have spent two hours kissing Luca Garza's ass. And that would have been it. <laughs> and that would have been the story of Cleveland State in 2021. Which would have sucked. But that's not what happened. Um, Alabama was also kind of a... Uh, Alabama was the kind of the popular choice for the uh, bracketology, bracketology pundits. Um, thought maybe that they would do that. That, thought, I, that was more realistic. But that didn't happen either. What ended up actually happening was they're playing the University of Houston. University of Houston, by the way, who basically who just tore Cincinnati apart in the in the uh, American Athletic Conference championship game, tore them apart. Yeah, it wasn't even funny. I think they won by like thirty five. I think it was not pretty. So, but that's who they're playing. They're they're going up against Kelvin Sampson. And by the way, it's ironic that I have to bring this up. Um, because remember, Houston is where Antoine Davis was originally supposed to play. <laughs> but I get it. You got to play with your dad. Play for your dad. But yeah, you, yeah, you, you opted not to play for your dad. You'd be going to the NCAA tournament right now. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a balancing act. What are you going to do? <laughs> so, um, what's interesting and it's funny because. Clark Kellogg himself said this was probably this was probably the best matchup between 15 and 2, by the way. Which is funny because I don't think he's anybody's said that for a while. I will say this. Um, there is one guy on that team that scares the crap out of me, and that's Quentin Grimes. Quentin Grimes, who is the leading scorer on the team, he's averaging a tick under 18 a game. Um, he's the uh, he's actually the transfer. He spent his first season at uh, he, he actually spent his first season at um, Kansas, actually. Yeah. So he's been a he, he's been well traveled, to say the least. And yeah, I mean he was bad as hell when he was there too. So he was a uh, so yeah he's um you know he was on the all tournament team of the Diamond Head Classic when we were still able to do things. Um, he, he's it, it's going to be. It's going to go through him, essentially, this tournament. I mean, not to say that there's not about five dozen other guys that aren't, couldn't kill you, but I will say this. Um, in fact, you know, the, his, his you know, the there are two other guys that could potentially kill him. Uh, one of them is Marcus Sasser, because he had 16 points against Cincinnati. The other one is Dijon Giroux. He had a triple-double in the quarterfinals. So he can easily be dangerous, too. Yeah. So as far as everybody else, I mean, but again, as far as Houston is concerned, as, as far as size is concerned, they're yeah, not, they're, yeah, they're not over, an overpoweringly large team. Yeah, their leading um, rebounder is 6'7". Yeah, exactly. So yeah, so in that regard, that, with Ohio State off the table, um, I don't know. 
to me, it feels like the best matchup. But again, I, I, it's a 15 versus two. I think you know what you're up against. Yeah, um, exactly. It, it's where it becomes difficult is the, you know, the similarities between the two teams. And you're not going to get, you know, the Cleveland State running nine guys off the bench playing an advantage for them because Houston also goes really deep. Um, I mean, it. with that said, I, I think it's probably the best matchup you're going to get. And then they are the one team that has actually – that has a loss on its record that is – it was at East Carolina, so it was a very Horizon League-esque opponent. Um, so I, when I was, you know, leading up to this, I've just been saying, hey, Houston would probably be the – They also lost to Wichita State too, by the way. It's and, a poison situation, but Houston looked like the best option and got them. Wow, you know what? It's funny. This isn't the first, and I should point out also, this isn't the first time that Houston's beat the crap out of Cincinnati either. Um, they also beat them at, near the end of the regular season, ninety to fifty-two. So maybe they just, you know, maybe John Brandon just doesn't have an answer for them. Who knows? <laughs> well, Who's since to say? Cincinnati did beat them two years in a row in the conference championship, so Houston probably was motivated to get them back this year. Oh, and boy, did they. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> boy, did they. They made him look bad. Again. So, um, so yeah, when you're looking at matchups right now, you're definitely looking at – If to me, I think the big, the big matchup here is going to be in the backcourt. It has to be. So, whatever defense you – you know, whatever defense Dennis Gates has to pull out, he's going to have to because they're definitely going to come at him guns blazing so that's going to be a big so that's going to be a big big issue <laughs> so yeah keep quitting quitting grimes at bay and you know make sure some of these other guys really kind of i mean again sasser and jerome could also go off on him too without a doubt because they've done they were doing it in the tournament they did it during the regular season and just watch yeah and to your point, I mean, they don't – I mean, Grimes only plays 32 minutes a game. Sasser only plays 31 minutes a game. And everybody else is, you know, below – is 30 and below. So it's funny we've talked about – we've talked about how Cleveland State will run, like, you know, all these guys out. And you're right, John. Um, Houston does it as well. <laughs> Quite a bit, yeah, actually. It, like I said, it's a pick your poison. You're not going to get – you know, Luca Garza on the other side who can just put it in the hoop over everyone's head, um, you know, the minute that he gets Spider into foul trouble. But yeah. the the flip side is, I mean, you don't have that oddity that you can take advantage of with the deep bench versus a, you know, more traditional uh, rotation. Wow. Um just a quick thing that we were kind of talking about earlier. I yeah. wouldn't count Wright State out. It sounds like so far as Xavier and Louisville have definitely declined NIT bids. It sounds like a lot of teams are going to. Yeah. Well, yeah, then, Louisville's the top reserve for yeah. the NCAAs. Yeah. So, so that's they probably might why think, they opted out. Yeah. They're probably thinking they could get the back door in. That would be my guess. It's going to be tough. I don't know. I mean, at I this know. point, it seems like. 
I think it would require basically eight guys being out. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Virginia, Virginia had to bail out of the ACC. Well, that was, that was just based on one or two. Okay. That's the thing. Never mind. Okay. So, by the way, I'm also very, very glad. Yeah, to your point, I think it's be- this is a better matchup than, say, Alabama. Alabama, you know, they shoot like an average of 30, almost 33 pointers a game. And that's not a, as we saw with Cleveland State in the tournament, in the, in the conference tournament, that's usually not good. <laughs> <laughs> So it's probably best that they they kind of yeah this this is probably the best. Now here's the other thing and the funny other the other thing is too is that Houston also is you know from a defensive standpoint they they hold their opponents to 57 57.4 points a game. I guess this is okay because Cleveland State isn't exactly known for its prolific offense 90 percent of the time so. I mean, they can score when they want to, but this is probably not going to be one of those occasions. And they're going to have to be very careful when it comes to that. So, so yeah, they. So yeah, I think the keys to the game for for Cleveland State is going to be make sure definitely you got to keep that backcourt at bay. There's just no two ways around it because they will kill you <laughs> when you got the three. Yeah. So, well, and I, I think Cleveland State probably with the with the with their defensive backcourt, I mean, they got a shot. Is it a long shot? I mean, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's a I long. mean, they're they're uh, at the end of the day, it's still a fifteen. To, it's it's still a two fifteen matchup. Yeah. So I mean, the odds of Cleveland State getting out of this are pretty are, are not great. They're doable, but they're not great. By the way, I, I yeah, and it's weird. You you brought up Ohio State before, and I think it's hilarious that. At least two or three pundits actually put Ohio State and Cleveland State in the first round together, which I thought was odd. Yeah, I think a lot of times they just won't really pay attention to that until it's the actual bracket. I, I know he doesn't care. He just does the S curve. Yeah. Well, what's what I think is funny, too, is that as I was looking at that, I'm like, because I was looking at that, I'm like, th- taking away the the fact that Ohio State and Cleveland State were never going to be able to go up in the first round against each other is that Ohio State is at 15, and they were they're in the same bracket as so that 215 seed, that 215 game would have played the winner of the 710, which the seven seed was Florida. Florida, of course, is where Tyree Appleby ended up. So <laughs> I guess I'm kind of you know kind of dodged a bullet there. <laughs> Because that could because even if Cleveland State would have won in in, the, in an impossible, not even going to happen matchup between with, uh, <laughs> with, with Ohio State, they could have run headlong into you know Florida and the Tyree Appleby revenge game. <laughs> I don't know. So, um, all right. So getting that out of the way, uh, I guess I should kind of talk about the elephant in the room, which is Dennis Gates. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do we have to? (laughs) Yes, we do. We have to because it's it's them same two teams are coming up. Them same two schools are coming up. Boston College and Penn State. I think it's going to be one or the other. I think it's going to actually. I do think it's going to be Boston College now. And then there was actually a little bit of rumbling of Larinaga, uh, Jim Larinaga being out at Miami potentially. That Uh would be a no brainer. 
that is true as well. So, yeah. Um, but I, I, yeah, I feel, I feel it's coming in. I think sometime I, I have this very strange feeling that within the couple of weeks, we're going to be in bonus episode territory. Just kind of throwing that out there. <laughs> it, I mean, what are you going to, I mean, honestly, what are you going to do? I mean, it's, it, it makes sense. Um, specifically Boston College. Um, maybe one day I'll get into why that makes sense for me at least. Um, and angle be today. But when you look at it, when you have as much success at a school at, in a program as as Dennis Gates has had in year two with a with a school that has been basically, I mean, with that has been just has not been i mean the the two years before him were just you know what were those it was a wreck it was an absolute wreck for him to do what he's done and i will say this too by the way um had he not uh and i feel we wouldn't i honestly don't think we'd even be having this conversation had he not got the team to the ncaa tournament i think that I, I truly believe that. I think it's great that Cleveland State finally gets to go to the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2009. But now we get to be apprehensive. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, I mean, I think there's this idea that like making the tournament and winning games in the tournament is how coaches will get new jobs and definitely not always the case. Um Making the tournament more common than just, um, you know, hey, coaches need to win games because obviously that's not true. Um, I don't know. That turnaround was ridiculous. I think it's still very, very likely that he'd be getting those types of calls. I mean, it's likely he'd be getting those types of calls, but I also think I at the same time, I also think that these are calls that. I don't think he would. I don't think we'd be having. I, I'm sure there would be, there would be activity, but I don't. I'd be less apprehensive had the, had Cleveland State not made it to the NCAA tournament. I'll just say that. I'll just say it right there. That I think that, you know, I I think he would have. You know, that would have been another conversation. But I think the other the other part of this, and this may be another thing that we can talk about, is that. Yes, you know, this is a massive turnaround. This is a gargantuan turnaround. But the question then becomes, all right, well, you know, do we are is there any consideration to the sustainability of it? Can this be a program that, you know, can this be a program where, you know what, they can throw as much money around at me as humanly possible, but I'm building something that is that I could potentially make into a dynasty in the Horizon League and make my own way that way. I don't know. I think we're a long way off from that for most schools. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, very true. Very true indeed. But again, that's that's a question that I, you know, but I'm but I'm posing the question. It's uh, posing the question as it relates to Cleveland State, as it relates to this this. As it relates to this school, this team, this program, as of right now, where the question becomes, okay, do we go ahead and do 
do we go ahead and try another turnaround at another another school? Which, by the way, there's no make no mistake, Penn State and Boston College need a turnaround badly, <laughs> really bad. I mean, not to the extent of Cleveland State, obviously, but still pretty bad. Do we look at it that opportunity? And by the way, I can't keep calling. I can't keep calling. Uh, I can't keep calling. Uh, Penn State a crap gig, especially since Dennis Gates said himself there is no such thing as a bad gig. So I can't really, <laughs> yeah, shit. <laughs> can't say that anymore. Damn it. <laughs> so, but again, the, the question the, the question becomes, okay, well, you know, do we do we go for do we hold off maybe does he hold off maybe a couple years? See if he can get, make some continued, bring some continued success, and then go for a a much more prominent gig. Because I'm be, let's be honest, they're not. You know, Boston College and and Penn State are not. You know, those upper echelon things. Or maybe he, maybe it is he wants to challenge. I don't know. And these are things I get to be ta- thinking about, and you know, <laughs> thinking about in the next two weeks as we're uh, as we're going through the tournament. Hey, at least you so got a winning record out of it. That is true. Indeed, <laughs> we did a winning record, an NCAA tournament bid. Um, and I will say this: I know we, you know, I, I do think in the unlikely, in the event that this all goes goes to, all comes to pass, I do think that uh, I do believe that the first person they offer the job to will be his, his top assistant, Rob Summers. I do believe that's the case. That's going to happen. I think, um, and and I think about this because, um, first of all, he's, he, he, he's got, he's got the coaching experience. He's, he's actually had had coaching experience before because he was at uh, division two Urbana and before he came here and, you know, like literally like a year later, Urbana shut their entire athletic program down. So, um, Oh, well, I'm sorry, two years later, because he was actually James Madison as an assistant, too. So um, he knows the system. He knows the kids. Um, you know, he'll obviously put his own spin on it. But, yeah, I and I've heard and I can tell and Alec, I'm sure you can attest to this as well. You we've heard, you know, Dennis Gates saying, hey, I got like three or four. I got three or four head coaches sitting you know, on my bench right now. And I don't think he's really lying because Dickie Nuts actually leaving at the end of the season to go to be at he's going to be the associate athletic director and head coach at Gaston College. I'm not sure. Uh, I, I know it's non-division one, but yeah, he's leaving at the end. He was already going to be leaving at the end of the season anyway. Um, so yeah, and I, I I don't think it's you know as much as I'm trying to. I don't think I don't think Drew Joyce the third is probably in a position where he's gonna be, he's considering a head coaching gig yet. Keyword being yet, he will. I'm sure he will, but just not now. I also do believe that I believe I do also believe that Joyce would stay for for a few reasons, not the least of which being you know he's he's a kid from Northeast Ohio, just like all the rest of us, except you, John, obviously. <laughs> I don't know. Um, hard to say because I know, like, when Bryce Drew left, obviously Roger Powell went with him, even though he wasn't really from SEC territory. So that's maybe. Um, uh, I guess it, it depends. <laughs> who knows? Wish I could say otherwise, but while we're talking, well, 
yeah, I, I think I've expended enough energy on the prospect of a coach leaving, and let's. Uh, but instead, so instead, I'm going to pivot to, you know, players actually leaving. Yeah. Um, wow. This is, you know, like I said, this was an insane week, not just because of the conference tournament, not just because of the selection show, but because of the fact that the floodgates opened on the transfer portal and the Horizon League. Holy yeah, no crap. kidding. We even have our first commitment. Um, yes. PJ Pipes is going to Santa Clara. That's funny because PJ, PJ Pipes actually was like the – he was one of the first guys to, to announce his transfer too. So, yeah. Uh, it's uh, you. You figure that he was probably going to be, yeah. Well, Santa Clara is kind of a interesting choice, but I mean, he's going to get to play in the West Coast Conference. He's going to get to play Gonzaga and you know St. Mary's and BYU. BYU, right? Yeah, they play in the West Coast yeah. Conference. Okay. Yeah. I can't remember because I know BYU has this weird kind of BYU has this weird kind of arrangement where they play football in the Mountain West and then they play. No, they're independent. East. Oh, they are independent now. Yeah, okay. they they went independent. So in football. Pay attention to college football. <laughs> they went independent in football, so the Mountain West told them to get out. So they went to the WCC and everything else. All right, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Screw. It. Who cares? I mean, anyway. But yeah, so yeah, Mount. Uh, so yeah, West Coast Conference. And by the way, West Coast Conference and. It's funny because you know if we were if we would be talking about the West Coast Conference as a destination for anybody twenty years ago, I mean Gonzaga was not Gonzaga, that conference is actually kind of the the kind of what mid majors should aspire to, where you have one team that's really really good who stakes sticks around, and then you have the rest of the you have the rest of the conference you know working to get better. Which is why you have, you know, which is why you're seeing, you know, St. Mary's competing, you know, competing near the top of the thing. You see, you obviously see BYU. BYU was never all that great, but they've obviously elevated their game. Now they're in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Um, but you have other ones too, like, you know, San Francisco is knocking on the door. So, yeah, that makes sense. And now Santa Clara, now they have PGA Pipes. What I find interesting, by the way, is that we are seeing in this case, we're actually seeing a lot of these seniors who are opting for their extra year, but they want to opt there for their extra year somewhere else. PJ yeah. Pipes just did it. He's going to Santa Clara. Jalen Minette is doing the exact same thing at IUPUI. Instead of, you know, looking at, do, looking for, you know, looking for potential pro opportunities, he's looking for another year somewhere else. So Elijah Goss, on the other hand, he's, yeah, declared, he, for the, he's declared for the NBA draft. And he's, I mean, he's got the opportunity to go to for a pro, for a pretty decent pro career too. Yeah. I mean, of course you would be. You're the lead, you've been leading, you have been leading the Horizon League in rebounds for two years in a row. So yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> so and those those aren't even all the people that we. These are and again, this is our, these aren't even everybody that we're talking about. I think you brought it up, you know, offline that you could easily put an all horizon league team together with all the transfers that people in the transfer window right now. It'd be a little bit awesome. small. Cause you'd have Brahma as your only, you know, big man that really scares anyone. But yeah, it'd be, you know, AJ Brahma, Amari Davis, PJ pipes, Josh Jefferson, Jalen Manette, um, 
Yeah, and I'm I'm not counting Goss. Um, and then, did we ever talk about Tavion Kirk leaving early? We did not. Uh, Tavion Kirk, de- Tavion Kirk declared for the NBA draft, but he is not necessarily leaving yet. Yeah, that was very much like a, I'm keeping my options open type of thing. It not similar to Marcus Burke. Exactly. Who, by the way, is still around. Uh, still as of right now, still with IUPUI, even though I'm guessing that's going to change. Yeah. Any day. You gotta think. As did Jarius Quisenberry, who also right. That one is that one. I'm a little surprised about. I'm not gonna lie. That one is so. That one. That one is super killer at Youngstown State because I really do not expect Nas Bohannon to stay. Um, not sure about Covington or Akuche. Now you lose Darius Quisenberry. So that's killer. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. And by the way, I also like to point out that Green Bay is up to eight players in the transfer portal right now because you can toss in Terrence, uh, Terrence Thompson, Paris Taylor, DeMonte Taylor. Um, I don't know. Who am I missing? I mean, the only um, ones who haven't transferred out yet are Manny Ansong, Lucas Steber, and Kim Kirschman. <laughs> I mean, all right. Enjoy. So, yeah, for every time that we keep talking about how the league is going to get better, stuff like this happens, and then I'm not I mean, really sure. It it's, <laughs> it's kind of the way things are in college basketball right now, and it sounds like it's going to be even more so that way with, you know, more opening up of transfers. And talking to uh, Jim Saro the other day, um, he made a good point. This is kind of – the time when the teams that are having their seasons end have their guys bailing out, mostly, you know, top guys from smaller schools. As more and more teams drop out, you're going to see bottom guys from big schools start to leave. And that's how you get, you know, a Sandy Cohen. That's how you get a Tijon Lucas. So to a large degree, it kind of ends up evening out a lot of times. although. I don't potentially with the, you know, not having to sit, it might be a little bit more one way. Who knows? Yeah. Cause we still, yeah, we have still haven't had the conversation about this, the prospect of a, and I think that's why everybody's doing it right now because the, you have the prospect of that, of that transfer waiver coming this cut this upcoming season. Yeah. So yeah, that's going to be something that's going to be a big deal. And I think that's going to be a big thing. That's going to be really, yeah, it's going to be insane. And to your point, you're absolutely right. We we have seen over many seasons how guys are transferring in and making an impact. You know, the, you know, so and I don't expect that to change. I mean, look at look at the look at the entire backcourt of UIC this year. <laughs> All transfers. Right. Kirk, Raekwondas Mitchell and uh, Maurice Commander. Wait, I think wasn't the. Uh, I'm sorry. Wasn't Mitchell? Mitchell wasn't a well. He was junior college. He, he, he was a JUCO guy. Yeah. Played at Idaho, yeah. then went to JUCO, then wound up. So he, he has yeah. previous Division One experience too. Okay. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's it's that's insane that that all kind of works out that way. So, and you're absolutely right. You're probably going to run into the same issue again because who knows it's out there. Because there's probably ever you know after the after all this is you think that you think that the tournament. You know, all these tournament games has been insane. 
wait until this week because we still haven't seen everybody. We haven't. We've just scratched the surface as far as transfers are coming. By the way, I also like to point out that um, yeah, we haven't seen. I don't think we've seen anybody out of Wright State yet, which is yeah. interesting. We've only seen. Uh, we only saw Paul Joko transfer out of what they call it. Um, Northern Kentucky. Northern um, Kentucky. That makes sense because you know I, I think he was looking for another option. He yeah he was yeah I he just, really didn't get a lot of playing time this year. Yeah I think his uh, yeah I think it was there was a big t- I, I know you know he was affected he was affected by COVID a little bit so yeah that yeah. makes sense and it, again by that point in time he was by the time he was able to get in I mean there was I mean are you are you honest are you Really thinking you're gonna, you know, get your spot back from like a Bryson Langdon or a, or a Marquez Work? No, right. So it, it's it it stands. It, it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Cameron Wilbon is also leaving Robert Morris too. So, um, yeah, it's yeah, um, yeah. I haven't heard anything about Cleveland State yet. I mean, you're not going to probably for at least a few weeks. Um, crossing fingers. Oakland, oh crud! Kevin Kangoo, um, and by the way, it's Kevin Kangoo and uh, Hollyfeld. Yeah. Those to Josh Hollyfield. Um, two, and we actually have it on HorizonRoundtable.com. Matt actually broke down the pro- the probability of each and every single Oakland player transferring, and he nailed the first two. Yep. <laughs> so, all right, maybe we'll probably. See, I mean, I'm not saying. And uh, let's see here. Oh, uh, Grant Coleman's leaving from Milwaukee. Yeah, Grant Coleman and uh, Courtney Brown. Courtney Brown Jr. Yeah, Courtney Brown. Yeah, I don't know. I think I don't think Courtney Brown Jr. really got it going this year. I think I think the injuries hampered him like tremendously. So that's interesting. Yeah. So I, I can see why you would probably want to be looking at another, looking somewhere else. Possibly. I mean, because it looks like I don't know. I, I think he'll probably have some opportunities, undoubtedly. So, I don't know. Seems interesting that all this stuff is happening. And, well, it's not interesting. You knew it was going to happen. Because <laughs> it's the Horizon League. This always happens every year. It's, this year, it's going to be that on steroids. If we already have this many guys who are you know, entering the portal now, wait for the next three weeks. It's going to yeah. be insane. And there are going to be people on there you don't expect either. Although at this point in time, shouldn't we like expect everybody? Please, no. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Sitting over here sweating, okay? <laughs> oh, gee, and I wonder why that is. <laughs> you mean besides the cryptic tweets by DeAndre Golden? Please, no. He's so yeah. good. By the, yeah, I, yeah, I'm not going to speak about the thing that you want to talk about either. Because we're not going to speak that into existence again. We're <laughs> I've already tried to speak that to an existence, and I feel like you're cursing you. We can't have that happen. So, yeah, oh, I got um, Jeter to Western Illinois. <laughs> what's that? I got Rob Jeter to Western Illinois. You did. That is true. And incidentally, um, incidentally, Terrence Thompson got an offer from yeah. Rob Jeter at Western Illinois. Yeah, um, that'd be fun. <laughs> yeah. Oh, actually, there was one more that kind of, there. There is one more transfer uh, player Kyle that, that kind of. There was um, uh, Demetra Corton from. Oh Purdue yeah, Ford. yeah, yeah. I'm a little surprised about that one. Um, I'm a little surprised about that one because he was he was jumping out of the gym 
near the end of the season. He was doing really well. So Thank goodness, Matt's not here to criticize that dunk again. <laughs> oh, Please, I lived. In, I lived when Ricky. I li- I lived in a time where Ricky Davis was for was you know bouncing things off, uh, bouncing shots off of the uh, glass so he could get a triple double. <laughs> Cavs. I mean, that that was the greatest moment in Cavs history. Besides, about. <laughs> Uh, so that is that is the that was like the low point of you know, I want to say that was the low point of the of Cavs history, but yeah, that's not really true either. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's kind of where we're going with that. Um, yeah, I fully expect to see some guys transfer that you don't expect to transfer. Of course, at this point, like I said, at this point in time, I'm expecting I would expect. I, the only one I wouldn't expect to transfer at this point is Antoine Davis. That's hey. literally it. <laughs> All right. Maybe it's just because of what happened on the other end, but uh, Tony Barbie at Kentucky assistant coach yeah. is apparently in the mix at Fordham. If he leaves and they need a new coach, they just, they were paying Kenny Payne a ton of money that they don't have to pay anymore. Uh, maybe, maybe finish that trade and, <laughs> Antoine can go play for Calipari. <laughs> oh yeah, take Brad with him while he's at it. <laughs> I can see where that would be the case, but I don't. Come on, man. No, yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't see that happening. And yeah, Fordham. Uh, oh, speaking of Fordham, um, speaking of Fordham, isn't Dennis Felton looking for a job again? Yep. <laughs> oh well. Too bad for you. <laughs> go find it. Go find another. Go find a low major to go sucker in the you know, giving you your contracts, dude. Seriously, go away. <laughs> or continue your lawsuit against Cleveland State and try to get that bag that's not going to exist. <laughs> I get to gloat about that now. <laughs> that was just the worst. Oh, so much, so much. Yeah, that was. Crazy enough, the best thing that ever happened to Cleveland State. <laughs> him to be to to him to basically try to big time his own athletic director. That's like bullet point number one on things you should not do as a basketball coach when you are literally not a prominent basketball coach. But, and you are not. So I'll tell you. It's over now. So yeah. So I'm really looking forward to the weekend, next weekend, uh, specifically Friday. I'm not so sure I'm going to be looking forward to the rest of Friday, maybe depending <laughs> on how things go. And I'm also yeah. definitely not going to be looking forward to the week after. <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, I can tell you 2014 when we made our tournament after, you know, a lot of ups, a lot of downs was that day was just amazing. Nothing else mattered. Yes. So cherish this moment, Cleveland State fans. Yeah. Fu- and it's funny. It's like, and, and you know, yeah. I mean, I was like, I was way too young. I was way too young to give a crap in '86, even though literally, apparently, there's a whole crap ton of old people who still remember that like it was yesterday. <laughs> Ask me how I know that. Just check the Twitter feed. <laughs> <laughs> Just check the Twitter feed with you know every mention of Kevin Mackey and Mouse McFadden. And by the way. To Dennis Gates's credit, he gave props to both Dennis, to both Kevin Mackey and Gary Waters. By the way, Gary Waters is back on Twitter. 
Let's hope he doesn't lose his password this time. <laughs> I'm willing to bet an, enor- an enormous amount of money that he is not the one tweeting from that account. Oh, have you seen him? Have you seen his tweets? Yeah. yeah it looks like he's typing those. <laughs> I, I don't well, know. It looks like so, it, man. I still can't picture him getting on his phone and tweeting. I think he might have his wife. He doesn't do that. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, he, come on. He, he signs some G Waters. That has to be him, man. <laughs> come on. It's got to be him. We got to get him on the show at some point. I would love to have the Gary Waters on the show right now. Gary Waters, if you're listening to this, and I know you're not, but one of you intermediaries out there who does listen, who knows Gary Waters, you know, have him give us, have him get us in touch. We got to, we got to, we got to get him a, we got to get I him would. on. He's got a book. He actually has a book out now too. So, hey, yeah, come on. Are his DMs not open? Probably not. I don't know. I haven't checked. <laughs> I'm like, hey, Coach Waters, remember me? And then blocked. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because I'm literally, yeah, because he actually followed my personal account even before, you know, he quote unquote lost his password. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, but no, to, to, to Dennis Gates' credit, he, he, he was, he, but again, he's been, Gates, Dennis Gates has been doing this for if the whole time he's been there, kind of, you know, giving recognition to those who preceded him, so, um, like I said, I hope that that goes on, and we'll, we'll see a lot more of that next year, I'm crossing my fingers, knocking on wood, um, I'm going to be investing in rabbit's feet, too, <laughs> um, I'm realistic, but you know, I always have, you know, you're, you have to be, you have to have hope as a Cleveland fan period all the time. Even when they're, even when realistically none should exist, <laughs> that's what we do. And it doesn't leave, and it doesn't leave after you leave Cleveland either. It goes with you wherever you go around the country. <laughs> period. Just sticks to you like you know a parasite. Just yeah. <laughs> anyway, well that's that. It, that's what it does, man. That's what it does. So, right. so I'm gonna go ahead and wrap this up. Next week, right. I'm sure we'll have a recap of uh, next week. I'm sure we'll have a recap of the uh, of Cleveland State's showing in the NCAA tournament. We may even have some. You know, we may also have some extracurricular activities from other places. Who knows? And I'm sure we'll be talking a lot. We'll also be talking about, you know, who else jumped into the transfer portal. So that ought to be fun, too. So, John, thanks for filling in for Matt tonight. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Alec, of course, thank you for joining us as well. No problem. And all right. HorizonRoundtable.com. That's where we're at. Where you can find us on the web. You can also find us wherever podcasts are available. Um, Again, we're still having that love-hate relationship with Google Podcasts because you know that's where that's that's our that's our resting pulse now, which sucks. Um, but you can also pull us up on your Amazon or your uh, Google devices. So tune in next week, and thank you guys for listening.